0: Alright, Ephesians chapter 2. Today we're going to continue in our looking at overlook. We're going to take it another level. We've been looking at David's life and how he was overlooked so many times. We know that God chose David as a shepherd boy and before he got here he had a plan for his life just like me and you. And just like the, the lines that are not drawn correctly according to what we've done in our life, the Lord Jesus can take it and make it all work out. We know in David's life He was overlooked by his father when the prophet came to anoint the new king. We found out he was overlooked by his brothers that did not even remind their dad, hey, we're missing a brother. We found out again the brothers overlooked him when David came down to the war against the Philistines and Goliath. Matter of fact, one brother, the oldest brother, Eliab, asked him about the evil in his heart, the pride, and he just come down to watch a show, so he didn't even know his brother. We also found out with King Saul, overlooked the anointing and grace on David's life and tried to kill him at least 17 times. How many knows it would be tough to have a father-in-law try to kill you 17 times? And then ultimately other things, but Goliath overlooked him and didn't understand the call of God on his life. When people don't understand the call of God on your life or the purpose for your life, you will have a great opportunity to be overlooked. And when you're overlooked, sometimes you can develop a wrong attitude and a wrong heart and this is a day after Thanksgiving, and uh, how many enjoyed, th- how many still eating off Thanksgiving food? All right. Um, how many enjoyed the day of Thanksgiving or whenever you celebrated it? Today I want to talk about not necessarily being overlooked, but I want to talk about leftovers. How many here absolutely love leftovers? You love it. How many here do not like leftovers? It's a one-time shot. Let's get it done and go through. And it doesn't make one right or the other. But we're going to talk about the power of leftovers today begin to think about that, and uh, with, with the food we had. Brooke and I were blessed. We had an old friend that uh, was able to come by and known him for 33 years, um, evangelist Ed Elliott, and he spent, um, he spent Thanksgiving with us, and uh, Ed's just been a blessing. Ed was the first missionary we ever supported as a church. Actually, we were Bible study when we started uh, back in uh, 1986 as a Bible study. So, um, not being overlooked in life by others When we we find out that we're being overlooked in areas, sometimes it can bring opportunity to be depressed, to be suppressed, to be uh, held back. But God never overlooks you guys. And he has called us and he's equipped us and he's empowered us to live in love and to leave a mark on this earth. Everybody say leave a mark. Whatever God's put on the inside of you, he wants you and I to leave a mark on this earth of his grace and his anointing, whatever the call of God is on your life. And uh, let's look at Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. And let's look at that scripture today. It says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Uh, The four words I want us to look at here is workmanship. Workmanship. You are on this earth, on purpose, with a purpose, created in and through Christ Jesus for, everybody say, good works. I'm telling you, when you find your gift and your passion that God has put on the inside of you, you'll enjoy what you do. You'll love to do it. You'll be excited about doing it. You'll have ups and downs and ins and outs, but you will have a desire to do it, which God prepared beforehand. In other words, there's a script that we're going to follow, and God has a script for our lives, and he knows the path he has laid out before us. It's our job to discover it and develop those gifts and basically follow and let those gifts be distributed. And the, the word key here is beforehand. God's got it set in what he wants us to do. And then we should walk in them. Listen to the Amplified breaks it down a little more. For we are God's own handiwork. His workmanship created in Christ Jesus. Born anew that we may do those good works. Those good works which God predestined. Plan beforehand for us. Taking the path which he prepared ahead of time, that we should walk in them, living the good life, which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. Prearranged. The Bible says God withholds no good gift from his children. The Bible says in Jeremiah 29, 11, says the thoughts I have toward you are full of peace, not evil, to give you a future, a hope, and an expected end. Uh, Let's talk a little bit again about about, uh, leftovers. How many knows when you reach in the refrigerator and you get a leftover, how many knows usually it's covered with uh, plastic or saran wrap or it's in a covered bowl or, or cup or so forth? How many knows the second time around when you eat the leftovers, you're not quite as formal as where it sits on your plate? How many here loves to mix leftovers together and heat them up? How many of you feels like your life's mixed up? Like people throw stuff in on you? I mean, let's be honest. We, we go through life and some things we create, some things we do right and wrong. And, and some things happen that not, has nothing to do with us. You know, some things there's loss. Sometimes there's divorce. Sometimes there's things that happen as children. And children are just riding along and things, things happen. But God will take the leftovers of our life and he'll form them into something that is a tremendous blessing. Would you turn to... Ephesians chapter 3 with me one chapter over one chapter over and I want you to see about the love and the power of God today because you came preloaded with gifts talents abilities and anointings now listen if you never discover you and I are gifts talents and abilities and we try to do things and live a life outside of those things we'll live a very frustrated life that's why many Americans work jobs they don't like, and they do things they really don't have a context for, and they live a frustrated life. But we as Christians, we desire to fulfill God's plan to live out the life He has for us. Again, we come preloaded with the gifts, talents, and abilities and anointing God has given unto us. And the Bible also teaches us that the callings and gifts of God are irrevocable or without repentance. What's that mean? God's not going to take back the way He made you. God's not going to, how many consider yourself a funny person? You just love to laugh. How many, raise your hand or I'll point you out. Alright, Scott Rose. How many, here, how many here love to laugh? How many here love to laugh? How many here laughter to you is just well, it's okay, but you know, I, I'll do with it and I can deal with it, amen. How many's been called more serious? You're more serious, straight up. Uh, listen, whatever, God, whatever God's put on the inside of you, do it with your best. Do it with your best. Then recognize it. Recognize it and 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 not only recognize it, but but put time and faith and prayer to it, so you can you can grow that gift on the inside of you. Look what it says. Look what Paul said in Ephesians chapter three. And look at verse fifteen. It says this: It says, "From the whole family in heaven and on earth is named that Father from whom all fatherhood takes its title and derives its name." How many? How Glad we're in the family of God today. How many? Knows this family is eternal. You know, we get to heaven, there's not going to be last names on our name. Everybody know that? We get to heaven, it's not going to be our last name. It's going to be, you know, we're just just Christians. All right, look what it says. And it says, through his riches of glory, verse 16, be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. How many here is born again this morning? Just raise your hand if you're born again. Well, Christ is in your heart, but he wants to dwell... He wants to dwell in our hearts through faith, and he is, that being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes all knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now, how many here wants to be filled with the fullness of God? He is telling us that the same faith that we ask Christ into our heart To be our Savior and Lord is the same faith that we can can know the fullness of God and we can understand the love of God which passes all knowledge. Then it says when that happens, verse 20, now to Him, God, the Lord Jesus, who is able, able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. Now I want you to think about something this morning. What are you believing for? How many would like to have a, you're thankful for the marriage you have, having. How many like to have a better marriage, another level? Raise your hand. Everybody else happy? Just they're, Okay, well, you all can give seminars. All right. Dooley wants to raise his hand, but he won't. But anyway, no. All right. How many, all right, all right we'll take another cake. Okay. How many like to have a better level of health, physical health? I mean, where you get up and you don't have to coax your body up. Anybody here have to coax your body, get out of bed sometimes? You, spirit, say, hey, body, we're going to get up here. We're a little bit late. We need to move on. How many here would like to see the fullness of God in your finances where you had more than enough to give to every good work? How many here would like to see sanctification multiplied in your life? In other words, you're setting aside for what God's called you to do, a relationship with God. He's talking about the fullness of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And now unto him who's exceedingly abundantly above is able is a, everybody say he's able let's say it again he's able or let me ask you this if pastor pat gets a call right now and the guy on the other line comes on the screen and the guy's name on the screen is jeff bezos does anybody know who jeff bezos is he owns amazon he is the man and if he texts me and he said you know what i just heard about you guys and the vision god's put in your heart i'm i'm going to I'm going to send you $50 million. Well, if I know without a shadow of a doubt that is Jeff Bezos, how many knows he's well able to send us $50, 000, $50 million? How many can say amen to that? Because he's well able. How do I know he's able? Well, he's the richest man on earth right now in just the context of money and currency. Doesn't mean he's the richest man. I don't know about his soul. I don't know about his family. I don't know about nothing of that. But just as far as dollars in his pocket or stock on on the paper, he, he's the richest man on earth, so he's able. He's able. Now let's just say it's eleven fifty-three, and another name pops up on my phone, and it's Marvin Lewis. How many knows who need to pray for Coach Marvin Lewis? How I many say Amen. The Bengals, uh, uh, coach, he can't because well, he can't connect with them. You, the band, the Browns. You pray for the Browns. Yeah, he prayed for the Browns. Anyway, but if I found out that was Coach Lewis, seriously, and he said. Pastor Pat, I need you to come up here and stand by my side today. This, this message will be shortened <laughs> so, and, and I would because why? Because I know he's able to get me a pass to get in there. If God says he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, it's going to be left to us left up to us to believe. Everybody say believe and, and believe that it can happen. And see faith stirs things up. And all it takes is seeing God move in an area where our faith begins to expand and we believe without a shadow of a doubt that God is able to do what He said He can do. Listen to what it says in in the Amplified. Now to Him who in the consequence of the action of His power that is at work within us is able to carry out His purpose. Thank you, Father. You're able to carry out the purpose in our life today. And do superabundantly, far over and above that we dare ask, dare ask. I dare you to ask. I dare you to dream today. I dare you to believe. I dare me to believe. Ask or think for over and above that we should ask or think or dare infinitively beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. That's a whole lot. Beyond our highest prayers, desires, thoughts, hopes, or dreams. Father God, we know you're well able. Father God, we're just finding out and rectifying in our heart how much you love us. And Father God, we thank you that your love is far beyond our comprehension in the natural. And Father God, we thank you that your love and faith in you is able to help us to be rooted and grounded in your love. Your unconditional love. That stretches that has no barriers not not even death can keep us from your love and we thank you today Lord that we see we see with eyes wide open the things you have promised unto us as your sons and daughters back to leftovers the definition of leftovers listen number one definition of leftovers is remaining after especially food something remaining after the rest has been used something remaining after the rest has been used. My mother, um, for whatever reason, I guess she had to, but uh, she was a master. I always look forward to ham and turkey. I like getting it on the first load. How many likes getting it on the first load? Um, This year, Brooke fixed a great turkey. We had a great meal. Um, Mom brought some stuff and uh, brought the turkey out. and She said, well, can you start carving the turkey? So so, uh, I started carving on the turkey. And I forgot we had an electric knife. Electric knives are wonderful if anybody knows. But anyway, and I started working on it, and uh, it, it wasn't coming out right. It was coming out fragmented and, and little balls of meat. And I'm, I'm struggling. I told Brooke, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm, I'm not the best at carving turkeys. And about five minutes of whacking on it, this little pieces. I tried to put them together, make bigger pieces out of little pieces. You know, you want to put them on the plate. Looks good. Yeah, it, it, it looked like. Um, Anybody ever eat chicken out of a can? That shredded stuff. You know, I mean, that stuff you have to swipe the stuff off the top to make sure it won't kill you. You know, that stuff. It looked like that. It was all bungled up. Brooke came to me, and it never hit me, and I never thought about it. And and, and uh, she looked at me, and um, I had the turkey upside down. I was carving off the bottom where there was no meat. You know, sometimes our life, we're, we're carving off the bottom where there's no meat. We need to turn the turkey over. Does that make sense? We need to turn the turkey over? Is there something we need to turn over today in our life? Is there something we're viewing as not as prosperous and blessed, but God has something on the other side for us? And, and I just want to encourage you that. So we turned it over, and then Brooke got the electric uh, knife. We remember we had one, and man, she did a great job of, of whacking, whacking that stuff off. Listen to the definition of leftover. Uh, this, these are the other definitions it means residue, residue, CSI. You know, they look for residue. It means a survivor. How many ever thought you're a survivor? You've went through things and overcome things. I want to declare today that you're more than a survivor. You're the victor in the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to tell you today, if the enemy could have knocked you out, he'd have knocked you out. I want to tell you today, there's more war on the inside of you than you realize. There's more future on the inside of you than you realize. And God has a plan for you, and it's good and not evil. It also means a definition of leftovers, throwback. Throwback to what used to work throwback to what used to be throwback and also it means a legacy that's a broad a definition of a word called leftover so have you ever felt consumed or bypassed or overlooked or leftover? and sometimes you feel like you're just residue no one pays any attention to you you're just a survivor on an island by yourself you're just a throwback but yet there's a legacy on the inside of you how many times do we look down on leftovers or people and not as pretty, tasting, the appealing. You know when we do our, our Thanksgiving dinner and we do Christmas dinner, usually we have, you know, a nice tablecloths or napkins or, you know, tr- try to eat on nice plates or matching plates. How many say matching plates? And how many knows? you know, you see on TV everybody's dressed up eating Thanksgiving dinner. And some of us might do that, some of us not. But I'm telling you, when it comes, it comes to leftovers. I'm telling you, me and the dog had a great night last night with leftovers. Jonna's dog Junebug looks out the window the three windows where the kitchen table is and she knows I she knows I can't turn her down so I, I slipped little things through the crack of the sliding door I know it's a bad habit but anyway the dog and I got we got something we're, we're good friends but I took corn and and dumplings and uh, or um, stuffing I mixed four or five things together and for whatever reason because they were leftovers I didn't care if they touched. Is anybody here got to keep your food from touching? I had a grandfather who wouldn't let nothing touch. And I mean, it had to be an inch between everything. And I used to ask him, I said, well, Papa, why are you doing that? He goes, because I eat one thing at a time. I don't want to forget where I'm at. Well, that's never been my problem. How many say amen? So I piled it in a bowl and put two pieces of ham on top and stuck it in the microwave and heated that up and slipped my dog just a little bit through the sliding door glass and I enjoyed that more the second time. Now, I, I'm by myself. I didn't, have, I didn't have the community. Didn't have family. Um, you know, uh, uh, Brooks' dad, Joe, and, and mom, and family, and all that. And Ed, I didn't have that. But I enjoyed it the second time around because I just felt a little. There's something about leftovers that disarms you. There's something about putting stuff together that's been bypassed, looked over. And that's why sometimes I think if the food could talk, they'd say, Hey, I'm better second time around than I was. Back to my mom, when the ham got through, she cut all the meat off the ham and made hash. Anybody ever had potatoes and ham hash? How may say amen. She took what she had and made it into something that was pliable. And you've done that with your life. I've done that with my life. And the reason we love doing it is because Jesus has given us so much instruction on what to do with leftovers and residue in your life. And you know, the truth is, God's leftovers is better than the world's best. How many can say amen? If you operate in the peace of God, and you and I operate in the grace of God, and we're doing the best we can, I'm telling you what, doing that with a bologna sandwich and a piece of cheese in, in the corner of a house is far better. With his peace on your life, they eating eaten the greatest banquet feast there is. Because you're operating out of peace. You're operating out of grace. You and I are operating out of hope. And that's where the love of God comes. Uh, is is unlimited. So I want to say to you and me today, don't limit God. Say that with me right now. Don't limit. All right, let's all say it real loud. Don't. Let's say it again. So whatever is the limit or the lid on you right now, I'm asking you to take it off I'm asking you to gather up the leftovers. I'm asking you to recognize what God is doing and allow God to create a banquet out of your life, good, bad, and indifferent, and turn it into a banquet not only for you but for others. You're his creation. He is your creator. You cannot outthink the one who created you. Let me say it again. You cannot outthink the one who created you. And sometimes reason gets ahead of revelation in our life. Sometimes we reason stuff out, and God wants us to use our mind. He wants us to prove the good and effective will of God. But sometimes reason gets in in the way of revelation. And what do I mean by that? I can't reason why Jesus would come and die for me. I can't reason why God himself, the Son, the the son of the trinity would come down here and put on clothes of flesh and die for me but i can believe it by revelation in my heart how many say amen i can't believe how many can honestly say that god's been really really good to you how many looks at your kids sometimes and your wife and your husband and say god you've been really really good to me how many looks in the mirror and says god you've really been good to me and you can't reason that but you can receive that by revelation so we don't want to limit god You cannot outthink the one who created you, so our job is to find his thoughts and to follow. Number two, he delights in performing the impossible. The Bible says all things are possible to him that believeth. He delights in performing the impossible. He wants to take us from here to there. He wants to take us from sickness to health and from lack to to prosperity, from tears into laughter. He delights in performing the impossible. So what's impossible in your life this morning? What's, what's impossible right now with your family? Is there, is there some sort of sickness or disease? Is there a financial situation? Is there a relationship that's stopped? Is there a dream that's went adrift? What is on the inside of you today that seems to be impossible? Uh, it, you don't think you'll ever have joy again? Don't think you'll ever dance again, laugh again? What's impossible? Don't think you'll ever get past this place of of. of depression or confusion, I want to tell you, all those things are subject to move to the power of God. All of them. God will take our leftovers, and he'll make a banquet meal out of those leftovers for us and for our family and our friends. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have everything working straight. All you got to do is believe and give yourself to God with all possibilities in his hands. He is the master of turnaround he takes leftovers and continually serves us up in great banquets. All things are possible. We've got to make up our mind to re- believe and receive miracles from God. Let me say this, and if you remember anything this morning, take this and we'll go home. Because this will set you free. Whatever you can tolerate, you cannot change. Whatever you continually tolerate, there will be no change. Because when you tolerate it, you're giving in to it to some degree. Whatever you can tolerate, you will not change. many remember growing up, some of you young people need to Google it, but there was a guy named Popeye. And Popeye ate spinach and made him strong. And Popeye always had to beat up uh, Brutus. Is that right? Bluto or Brutus. Anyway, he was, he was the bad guy. And he had a girlfriend named Olive Oil who was slightly slender and erexic. But anyway, that's another whole story. But Popeye would say this, I've taken all I can take and this is all I can stand. And he'd eat his spinach and whip everybody. He's got to get to the point that you've taken all you can take. I'm not taking any more. I'm telling you, the dog will keep coming, the stray dog, the neighbor's dog, the community dog will keep coming to your house as long as you allow it. And like me, if you're, if you're mercy slightly bent with codependency, you'll be feeding all the dogs. How many say amen? But listen, whatever you continually tolerate, you cannot change. Number two, become tenacious. That means get a fight on. Learn to resist the power of the enemy that's already been broken and learn to speak what God says. As a, man, as a man or woman thinketh what? So is he. So whatever you continually think about, I can tell you what's going to happen. That's going to happen. Because the overload of thinking, we're going to speak it. And the Bible says our tongue is a track. So Your persistence will demoralize Satan and attract the attention of God. let me say it again. Your persistence to fight, to stand, will demoralize Satan and attract the attention of God. I'll tell you, I'm not going to name the names because y'all can track them down. One of the worst whippings I ever saw was a little guy beat a big guy in this community. Beat him half to death because the guy kept pushing him, pushing him pushing him, and he told me once that one of these days I'm going to fly loose on him, and I'm thinking, well, you're giving up 100 pounds and see how oh, let's go. Evidently, there's more fight in him than the big guy, and he whipped him because he was tenacious and he wouldn't quit. Listen, this is about finishing. This is about overcoming. This is about not giving in, and demons dread a fighter. Demons dread a fighter. A fighter in prayer, a fighter, a fighter in proclamation, a, a fighter in moving and walking out the grace and and the powers and the glories of God. I want to close with a a couple, uh, two or three little quick stories here of Jesus and the power of not giving up and not giving in. Jesus turned the water into wine in John chapter 2. It was the first miracle. He didn't want to do it. His mother set him up. They'd run out of wine at the wedding and they asked the mother and she said, Jesus can take care of it. And Jesus said, woman, it's not my time. I don't want to step into my miracle journey right now. But he honored his mother and he told the people said, pour the water out of those jugs into the wine jugs. And the jugs on the side were they held 30 to 40 gallon and they were the cleansing water for the Levitical process. In other words, that's where they cleansed and washed before they did certain things. So in a sense, they'd already done that because the wedding's already taken place. So Jesus had left over water. He said, pour them into those jugs. And he said, take a cup and take it to the master of ceremony. Poured it in the jugs, took a cup, went. The master says, how in the world do they save the best wine to last? And it's because Jesus had the authority to take what was left over and make it into a blessing. Number two, Jesus in Mark chapter 14. Jesus fed 14, 5,000 men plus women and kids, 12, 14, 15,000. The little boy, two fish and five loaves. How many members of the story? Now, think about this. Do you think that mother got up that day and prepared five loaves and two fishes for that kid, or do you think that was leftovers in a brown bag? I believe it's probably leftovers. She fixed it up. He's going to an all day crusade. He took it. Andrew found him. They asked Jesus. Jesus said, Can't we feed everybody? That was telling me Jesus was in faith right there to feed everybody. Found that little boy, he gave what he had, what was his best, which could have been his mom's leftovers. Jesus blessed it, he broke it, he fed them, all of them, till they were filled. Then he gathered up 12 baskets, which weighed between 30 and 50 pounds of fragments or leftovers. And Bible history says the little boy took them all home. I'm telling you, when you sow into God's kingdom, how many say amen? And he took leftovers and made them into a banquet for that little boy to take home and fed those 15,000 people. Second Kings chapter 4, there was a widow in debt. She had two sons. They were kind of going to take her sons and be sold into slavery to pay the debt. Her husband had died. Elisha come and asked her to do one thing. She said, all I got is just a little bit of oil and a cake. We're going to make it. We're done. We're going to die. And the man of God said, if you'll sow that into the kingdom and do what I ask you to do, God's gonna get you free so he said here's what I want you to do she didn't consume it listen guys sometimes we eat our seed out of fear sometimes and, and that can be talent that can be time I just don't have time to fool with you I just don't have time to talk to you I don't have time to slow down and how many knows we have to appropriate our time how many can say amen but so many times God wants us to sow in a time where he wants to get something to us. See, there can't be a harvest without seed in any capacity. There can't be a harvest without seed. So whether it's time, whether it's talent, whether it's treasure, whether it's finances, whether it's love, when you sow, you get it back. Now, all those years, Louisville beat Kentucky like a dog at football. And Kentucky kept showing up. And yesterday, Kentucky beat Louisville. How many knows we need to pray for both of them? How many say amen? Does anybody care? Okay, well, all right, so. Anyway, Kentucky beat them pretty bad. So, the widow was told by the prophet of God, this is one of the few times you'll find in the Bible where God says to borrow. He says, go borrow all the empty vessels of your neighbors. That tells me two things. They got a relationship with the neighbors, and the neighbors have a lot of empty stuff. And you become who you hang around, right? So a lot of empty stuff. So they went and got them all they could, and they kept dipping out of the oil she had. The oil she had, she kept sowing into the next, the next um, you know, vessel pot, and they filled and filled and filled till they come to the last pot and said, is that the last pot? And the son says, we have no other pots, and filled them all. So here's what she did. She sold out of her overflow. She took a leftover and turned it into an overflow. I say that's what God wants to do with me and you. He wants to take a leftover life that's been bruised, broken, confused, hurt, left aside, residue, throwback, and he wants to make make an abundance out of our life to help others. How many can agree with that? She sold what she had to. She paid off her debt. She kept her sons, and she had enough to live on. I close with this. We all came into this earth as a leftover, undone, unfulfilled until we met Jesus. He saved us. He filled us. And he gave us an assignment. He takes our leftover of hate and turns it into love. He takes our leftover of problems and turns them into a place of praise. He takes our leftover sin and turns it into salvation. God can bestow grace on any other person and have enough left over for me and you. He can, get, he can grant mercy over there and have enough leftover for you and me. Jesus gathered up the leftovers so that none will be wasted. I proclaim today that your life and my life will not be wasted. How many can agree with that? And he used them to bless others with the fragments that was left. Jesus redeems us so that we will not be wasted, so he can use us to be a blessing to somebody else. He did not save us just to save us. And lastly, the results of leftovers and transformation of our lives gives honor and glory to God. And Dr. Philip Pascal, a tremendous pastor in um, Chicago, I read where he said that once and I wrote it down. And the results of a leftover transformation, that's you and me, gives honor and glory to God. How many can say amen to that? You bring honor and glory to God. You. Not being affirmed, not being evaluated by the world, but what God says about you. Remember, he is able to do exceedingly above, far beyond what we can ask or think. So I say we get our ask or think on. I say we get our worship on. I say we get our praise on. And I say we challenge to walk in what God has for 2019. I say we don't get caught up in what the world's so afraid of. We, we get caught up in how good our God is. How many say amen? And we want to see God add to the kingdom on a daily basis. So you might have felt like a leftover when you came in today. But I want to tell you, you're a piece of a banquet meal going out of this place. In Jesus' name. Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. I thank you, Lord, for loving us so much. To leaving a plan. Your word says you have a plan for us, Lord. You have a a direction. You have a grace. And Father, I thank you for that today. And I thank you no weapon formed against us will prosper. I declare blessing and peace over this congregation. Blessing all those who are here and all families represented. And all those who are not here, who couldn't be here, or not here, or at work, or whatever, we're family. And Father God, I thank you. I thank you. You take the leftovers of our lives, and you turn it into a banqueting feast. And people can see that we're not perfect, but we're being changed. We're being changed. And we're being faithful. And we're being committed and submitted to a God we love and serve. And I thank you that you're adding to the kingdom on a daily basis. I thank you for the blessing of everyone here, healing of bodies and lives and minds, and restoring dreams and hope.